and boom goes the dynamite. It's Monday night, ladies and gentlemen, and you know what that means. Welcome to another brand new episode of The Boom right here on the Fight Game Media Podcast Network. I'm your host, James B. McDaniel, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Ely. And tonight we have a very special guest, a man who was there live Wednesday night in the Wintrust Arena in Chicago, Illinois, Mr. J.D. Oliva from the Brace for Impact Podcast. J.D., how's your week been, man? Busy. Super busy, having fun, trying to get uh, trying to get as much wrestling in as humanly possible. So I so word on the street is you uh, you not only got to attend Dynamite, you got to bring your son with you. I did. I got to uh, celebrate my little boy's sixth birthday a couple weeks early, and <clears throat> this was a plan when they uh, when they came when they announced they were coming back in February, and I said, all right, I got an excuse here now. My wife uh, she will want him to have a happy birthday, so this will work. I can leverage this. <laughs> So yeah, we had a, I had a chance to take my little kid to his first show, and, and he was just over himself the whole time. It was it was a blast. It was a I almost had more fun watching him than I did watching the show. Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question: was what's it like being able to watch your son falling in love with wrestling live? That's got to be amazing. It was really cool. Like um, over the last year, he always knows that dad liked wrestling. And it's been over the last year or so that he started to pay more attention to it. And, uh, you know, he enjoys the toys and he enjoys, you know, the stories and, you know, he'll, he likes just sitting with dad and watching the shows. And like he's under, old enough now to kind of understand he's got his favorites. He's got the people he doesn't like that he likes to boo. And now he's totally invested in seeing him actually interact with the show was unbelievable. Like I didn't it kind of caught me by surprise how much I enjoyed watching him watch. Like my favorite moment was when uh when Hangman Page went up and Lance Archer came from behind with the chair and he screamed, he went, oh no, he screams, Hangman, look out! And he got laced with the chair and he was just like that. It was was adorable, hilarious, and awesome all at the same time. It was, it's something I'm never going to forget. I love that so much. As an outside observer, that makes me so freaking happy. I love that so much. Okay, real quick, before we actually get into you at this arena, at this event, what I want to know, your five-year-old, what are his favorite? Who are his favorites? Who, who does he not like? He loves Darby Allen. Um, I think okay. little guy, you know, blonde hair, which my son is too. I think he, he sees a little bit of himself there and doesn't quite realize it. Mm-hmm. So he loves Darby Allen. Like, he likes... When he goes to bed at night, he's got an Alexa dot, like those Echo dot things. And he likes to have um, <clears throat> the Wiccafaze song playing. It's it's his favorite. He loves Sting because dad's a huge Sting fan. So okay. He, he identifies with Sting a lot. He loves CM Punk. And he likes Hangman Page. Those are those are his favorites. And he likes Adam Cole. He says Adam Cole's a bad guy, but he's got a cool song. That's, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's, that's his justification. Pretty much we all feel that way, I guess. And he, <laughs> he hates MJF with the blinding white hot fury of a thousand burning suns. Um, can't stand MJF. He, he said today in the car we were driving, he, out of the blue, he goes, Dad, when's MJF going to leave and go to WWE? Oh, man. <laughs> he's got the go-away go heat. I, he, for my, with my five-year-old, he absolutely does have the go-away heat. And I try to explain <laughs> to him, buddy, we need bad guys. We need good bad guys to have, like, strong good guys. And mm-hmm. he's like, there's plenty of bad guys. We don't need MJF. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious that he's got uh, X-Pac heat. So what was his... Uh, I was about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> What was his uh, emotional journey during that 
CM Punk MGF. Like, how does he feel when, like, you know, when you're there live and and your hero doesn't your hero doesn't get the win? It was tough. Like that whole match was pretty tough for him. Like, you know, five. This may shock people to hear this, but five year olds aren't exactly known for their long attention spans. Right. <laughs> so a forty five minute event with a five year old was was tricky. Like a forty yeah. five minute match. Like he was he was engaged because he likes CM Punk and he uh-huh. was having fun and. You know, when he would get frustrated, he'd hold up his Dan Housen sign and I'd explain to him we don't hang we don't hold up signs during like matches. It could mm-hmm. make the people behind us upset. So um by the end of when when Punk got choked out, he was upset. Like he was like, He cheated. I'm like, I know, buddy, he cheated. It was hard to see from where we were sitting to see what was going on exactly. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was the tape. I thought he had like a rope or something on him. And because we were like, oh, he's got a rope. He's got a he's choking him with a rope. And that made my kid mad. And they restarted the match. And he started like bouncing up and down in his seat. And he was so fired up for them to restart. And then when Punk lost again, you know, he kind of had a hunch that because the, the, the diamond ring beat Darby. So mm-hmm. he knows it really. So when we play wrestle at home, like I have to be MJF and I have to hit him with the dynamite diamond ring. <laughs> so he saw it coming a mile away. And then CM Punk lay down and he's like, he looked at me and goes, Dad, let's go home. Oh, oh wow. Said, go home right now. I want to go home. Yeah. And I said, well, there's going to be, I said, do you want to go home or do you want to watch Rampage? They're going to tape Rampage. Do you want to mm-hmm. go home? We can go home. And I told him what was going to be on the show. And he goes, is Darby going to be on? And I said, I think so. I lied. Yeah. I, he was. <laughs> he was. But I was, because I was kind of gambling. They weren't going to come to town without showing Darby on once. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. kind of fudged to my kid. And he's like, okay, fine. But he pouted for a good. And then he's like, I want a pizza. I want a piece of pizza. So I'm like, okay, but let's go get a piece of pizza. <laughs> he was not happy at all when that happened. But again, he's he's five. They worked him yeah. perfectly, you know. Right. Hey, it worked, yeah. It so before the show, before the show, we'd talk briefly, and you told me you'd been to the AEW pay per views before. You'd been to Rampage before. How did this event compare to the others you'd been to? Oh, it's hard because. Um, you know, I got. I was lucky enough. I got to go to the first All In. Like that's right. down the street from where I live, so I could. And there's no comparing a, a weekly right. show to that. No, and it's hard. And um, I'd never gotten to see Dynamite because I'm, I'm a high school wrestling coach, and they've always been in town during wrestling season. And then mm-hmm. we had this little pandemic thing that pre- stopped them from going anywhere, so it just worked out. I never got to go, but I, I was lucky enough to go to All Out this year, and I was lucky enough to go to the Punk show, the Rampage where he debuted, and I was lucky enough to go up to Minnesota and catch Full Gear. So this oh, was wow. my, yeah, this was my, my, my in-laws live two hours away. So I, I finagled a trip. In. <laughs> we, should go, we should go visit your dad this yeah. weekend. You know, he likes to see Andy. It'd be perfect. <laughs> so, um, so it worked out, but going to see dynamite, uh, it was fun. Cause the last WWE show I went to was a raw at the, at uh, the all state arena and watching WWE do TV is excruciating. Yeah. Like it's it, there's such long breaks and video packages and they make yes. people come out and stand in the ring and it's really not a fun experience for a viewer mm-hmm. and I was really disappointed because some of my most cherished memories are going to you know Raw and SmackDown tapings in the early two thousand late nineties and early two thousands and um I, I, so I didn't really know what to expect I was kind of prepared to hand the kid the phone a few times to kind of keep him settled mm-hmm. didn't have to do it once actually I take it back he wanted to take pictures so I did give him my phone at one point so he could take pictures but. I thought the live experience for both me and the kid was really good. Like they really keep the show engaging. And I was surprised to learn that we did not see the promote, the, the production packages live. They showed yeah. us oh, some wow. of them, not all of them. 
they showed i didn't know about the jungle boy thing until like friday i had no idea that that was even broadcast until i was listening to to podcasts that were talking about the show so it's a very different approach to filming a tv show that again all we have to compare it to is wwe so it was it was different but i thought it was a lot more fan engaging like they did a lot more to interact with the fan base and keep us on our toes yeah they're putting on a show for the people there yeah and then they're capturing it for tv and i so like last friday yeah here in oklahoma we've you know it's there's been a snowstorm we've all been sitting at home for three days and uh smackdown was in town on friday night and i wasn't gonna go but then i realized oh there's probably tickets for cheap and i got a 20 dollar seat that was like pretty good there you go it was like a floor seat dude yeah i'll go down there yeah it was like a floor seat i mean it was right off the floor it was one row Hmm. on the floor that's a great seat you know, and then after fees and everything, it's like 38 bucks or something. But I'm like, whatever, I'll go. So yeah. I just went down there just to get out of the house. And those had the same thing. I was like, you know, it was fine. I had a low bar to be entertained at that mm-hmm. point. But like, yeah, you watch a guy come in and then they stand <clears> there <throat> in a dark ring for six minutes while they roll eight video packages and go to commercial. <laughs> and then they come back and they wrestle for 90 seconds. And it's then they hard. celebrate for 15 seconds. Yeah. And then the ring goes dark again. It's crazy. And then, that's got to be so frustrating. Well, that's a SmackDown too. I went to yeah. a Raw, so it's an extra hour of that. Right. It's it's harsh, man. I remember this is in nineteen before everything went down. I was I looked at my buddy. I'm like, I can't do this, and I left with probably about twenty five minutes left in the show. And then I realized I can't move. I'm pinned in. So I just sat in my car <laughs> for the last half hour of the show because I'm you know I just yeah. got so bored and frustrated. Like I just I appreciated. I appreciate the live experience and, and that they went pretty much above and beyond, I thought, to to keep us entertained, even in moments mm-hmm. where the show kind of went off the rails, which it did a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, you know, think of, uh, what did your son think of Dan Lambert? He zoned out completely. Uh, he, <laughs> he learned a plethora of new words. I was, gonna say. Which <laughs> I was not, I should have been more prepared for, but yeah. I wasn't. We'll put it this way. Brandy is not over in Chicago. Okay. People do not like her. I, 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 I did not. That got over on TV. Yeah, uh, it was it, loud. It was loud. But the the what was coming out of the people around me's mouth was yeah. not not mm. something a dad wants to talk to his five year old about. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, the, it died. It died a slow death. People were were um, heckling the segment. Heck, like miserable. Like, Get out of here. What are you doing? You suck. This, that and the other thing. It wasn't like, oh, it's got that good heat. People didn't care until Paige Van Zandt came out. And then mm-hmm. the majority, I was surprised, majority of the crowd, at least by me, seemed to know who she was and wanted to see a fight. And then yeah. Yeah. Mike Shannon let him fight, let him fight. And Andy looks at me and goes, yeah, Dad, this is wrestling. Why aren't they going to let him fight? Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was going to ask if, if the crowd did turn when Paige came out because, like, I've covered MMA for a decade and, like, I thought Paige going to bare knuckle was a bad career idea, great financial idea, and I think I think pro wrestling might be her best bet for the future. I agree. I think because she's got one, she's got the look down, right? She's yeah. Gorgeous. She's she's, she's charismatic as well. Charismatic as well. I was gonna say that too. Like she's got all the um the things that you can, the unteachables, if you will. Yeah. She seems to have those down. Now, uh, we saw her in the ring earlier in the year, just that she seems to, to have, she seems to know how to get heat. She seems to know how to upset fan base, which again, that's yeah. not easy. I was impressed early with her. I thought they should really go to this. And I'm really happy that they're trying. Now, what she does in the ring is a different story. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I get why they wanted to do this, but I don't think it's going to be good for her development. If she really wants to be a professor, putting her out there with Brandy probably isn't the move. <laughs> no, not the best, not the best partner for the greenest person out there. No, because Brandy's 
yeah. still pretty green. Super green. And Paige is going to be doing her first match. And it's like, who's going to carry who in this? Right. And it's, it's, I don't love, the, I mean, like on paper, I get the booking because Dan Lambert is going to get heat from everyone. I, I yeah. enjoy, I enjoy Dan Lambert's shtick because yeah. I, I want to hate the manager. Like I want to, mm. I want to be all in. I don't have to like everybody on the show. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. I don't like, like I watch Game of Thrones. I don't like the villains, you know, like right. I'm fine with this. So I'm, I'm fine with it. But I mean. When it comes to a match quality thing, I mean, they're going to have to gimmick the heck out of this thing to make it work. Yeah, and the, yeah. And the worst part is Brandy doesn't know how bad she is. No, or I don't think she does. And I think this is something we've seen. This is something that's being repeated from Jade Cargill. We keep seeing her getting matched up on Rampage with with some of the greenest women in the company when she needs to be matched up with your Thunder Roses, your Serena Deebs, even if she gets a dominating victory, she needs to be in with better women. I agree. And there's this, I get, I get both sides of it. You want to build her up as this monster. So you want her scratching yeah. people. I get the thought behind it, but when you're putting her out there, people who are slightly less experienced to like mm-hmm. severely less experienced, than yeah. her, the match quality really suffers. But at the same time, do you want to sacrifice the talent you do have to get her over. I mean, do you really want her squat like squashing Thunder Rosa and, and Serena Deep? Like you don't. So I mean, like no. you're kind of a you're kind of in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. And I I'm not smart enough to say this is how they can book themselves out of it. Like, right. I don't know. I don't yeah. I don't think it's working. It's working in the fact that she's getting over as a performer and as a player, but as a wrestler, yeah, you know. <laughs> no, for real. I now, kind of like that she's made it part of her gimmick though. She's like green like money. I steer into the that's skin, good. Man. That's yeah. a great line. It is. It's a great line. Like, and that's that's what you do. I mean, it's it's not a. It is different than Goldberg because Goldberg was out there squashy dudes who knew what they were doing. Like, yeah, long term veterans who could carry him to decent matches. This is this is a different story. It's yeah. not like you've got the stardom roster out here trying to make Jade look great. Right? Yeah, you know, it's it's tricky. <laughs> And I, and I don't I don't remember this one way or the other, but I have a feeling that at least Goldberg could have been doing house longer house show matches against better wrestlers, and we know that we don't have these house shows coming from AEW with which I think's been a a big issue with some of the wrestlers, particularly Ty Conti, kind of made the big leap and then started moving back a little bit. But um, since you were there in the arena live, one other question I had for you. I know you've got to get going soon. You're very in demand podcaster tonight. Um. <laughs> Was when Brian Danielson came out to talk to um, John Moxley, did you did you feel like what I saw on TV was when he threw out the name Daniel Garcia as he was throwing out potential people to take under their wing? That seemed to get a way bigger pop than like Lee Johnson or any of the other names he threw out. Did you did you pick up on that live? Yeah, I think people like Daniel Garcia. I think people see a lot of uh, young, a lot like 2005 Brian Danielson in Daniel Garcia. Right. Right. I think think the idea of that mentorship is intriguing. To be honest, this whole that whole segment got over big time. The fans really love the idea of Mox and Danielson as a team. Like yeah. said, we should team up and the whole crowd went, Yes, yes, you should. <laughs> this is good. No, I wanted this bad. Yeah. yeah. And then and then when Brian said, like, they don't like me, but they like this idea, the crowd popped again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. He was trying to steer it in. The problem with AEW right now is everyone does like Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. He's he's doing good work as a heel. He really is. But this crowd is just really they like who they like. Like yeah. they, there's a lot of villains that they like. Like MJF they kind of play along with, but they like right. him, mm-hmm. you know? This time it's really hard not to like Brian Danielson. They do I mean like he comes out and the, Chicago knows what to do, man. They're still mm-hmm. doing the yes thing. 
like they're they're on board. It's like, please me. Whatever happened, there's nothing bad that can happen with this whole thing. Either Mox and him are a team leading a dojo full of youngins. That's great. Or yeah. this whole dojo full of youngins are after Moxley, and that's also great. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing bad that comes from any of this. And I think the whole crowd was just really excited by the potential of something special with it. So that yeah. that whole thing got over. But Daniel Garcia in particular, yeah, man, I think yeah. people are into the idea. I, I know I am. Yeah, me yeah, too. Me too. You know, now I just really want it to be called the Dojo Full of Youngins one way or the other, no matter who (laughs) Brian teams with for this group. My God, that's fantastic. JD, how can people follow you online and tell them about your podcast? And uh, if you guys have a special patron cast dropping soon, give us some info on that, too. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at JD underscore Oliva. I write for for the Viking Media site. I write for WrestleJoy, where I do like retrospective pieces on you know stuff of wrestling's past. I'm a history junkie, and I enjoy writing about those things. I co-host the Brace for Impact pod with Mike Gilbert on this show, on this network. Excuse me. We've got our own free feed show where we review every week's episode of Impact, and then we do a bonus Patreon show where we really get into the kind of the nitty gritty of what's going on in Impact and and what's happened right into this that past week. Mike and I talked about the reality that Josh Alex. Alexander's contract is in fact running out and he has not re-signed and you know when Brandy got a little shout like mm-hmm. mentioned him I, I I we have a group message uh, chat on Twitter a group chat and I said hey Josh is over in Chicago yeah. so it's uh it's interesting to me that that that's a reality and they might let that slip I don't know yet but that's what we do on Brace for Impact is we talk about what's going on in Impact it's one of it's if you haven't watched Impact in a couple years I would suggest you check it out because it is a much much better show than it was even a year ago the roster is better. The booking is better. Still a little mind numbing at times. Like mm-hmm. that's part of the fun of the show is um, yeah. I, I'm not a, uh, an impact apologist. If anything, I, I look for any reason I can to, uh, you know, uh, take the best out of the promotion a little bit. But over the last couple of weeks, it's been, been pretty good show to be honest with you. So that's, that's can all be available for you at fight game media. Yeah. I was telling James last night that, uh, like I listened to the, uh, both while well, I listened to the, I, I always accidentally start the free one and then it ends <laughs> and then I'm like, Oh crap. I need to jump over to the other one. Then I got to skip ahead to get to the next one. We appreciate one. the download. So I, I don't, you. yeah, that's true. It's a double download. I, uh, but I don't get, I don't get access on my TV provider. So I, I can't, I, it's a little bit of an effort for me to go watch him, but I never miss the show. I never miss your show. Even I if I miss that. impact. I, uh, it's tough for me because I have to watch it on the impact plus app. And uh, mm-hmm. that's a that's two bucks a month, which isn't a big deal. But yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's not an it's for a show called Access. It has for a network called Access. It has poor access. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> JD, that's not the Kevin's not the first person to tell me that to tell me Probably. even if you don't watch Impact. Listen to Brace for Impact. Apparently, it is a phenomenal, phenomenal show. So I hope everybody out there will head to Fight Game Media and, and check it out and check out JD's work on WrestleJoy. Uh, JD, thank you so much for joining us tonight. You've been a phenomenal guest. Thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. All right. Hope to have you back again real soon. Whenever you guys like, man. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. So, Kevin, really loved having JD here. Really loved to hear about what's going on live inside the arena that's like for whatever reason back when i was a kid i was watching um i was i was i was sorry jd's trying to get out of the get out of the app it was it was cracking me up a little some little behind the scenes right there back when i was a kid my parents would my dad would take me pretty often to Mm -hmm. see wcw mid-south nwa whatever was here whatever was going at the time 
And my dad would would get on to me. He's like, I paid for the ticket, watch the ring. I was always watching the behind the scenes. Like I would watch. I remember Mm -hmm. specifically watching Arn Anderson poking his head out and like coming out and sitting and watching somebody. And my entire life, like I've spent time working in movies, working as a concert promoter. Like I always love to know what's going on behind the scenes and even just what's happening live in the arena and how that compares to what I see on TV. And I loved hearing about JD's experience, but also really, really loved hearing about his son's experience. Yeah. That, so he, we found out that he took his son, he posted it on Twitter, posted a photo of his kid cheering at the show and talked about how much it meant to him to do that. And it really hit me in the feels because that was memories of my own dad taking me to like UWF and Mid-South shows. And my dad liked wrestling. He watched it on, you know, in the yeah. evening when, you know, whatever. And that's how I got hooked. But I was way more into it than him. Me too. So him Absolutely. Talking about how like he had more fun watching his son watch it. I think that's, you know, memories of my dad doing that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of memories. I don't have a kid. And I was like. I was I was heavy in my feelings like I yeah. wanted to know all about this because I love the idea of like having a son and bringing him to the show and and him enjoying the same thing I grew up enjoying. Um, so my question to you, Kevin, what do you what was the most impactful thing on AEW TV this week for you? I think they definitely wanted it to be Punk MJF. Was that the segment or the match that hit the hardest for you this week? Yeah, I think so. I think I think because it really felt. I mean that that's a that's a pay per view main event, you know. That's yeah. that's one of your big matches of the year, and they just did it on TV. Uh, and so and, yeah, I was really invested. I mean, and 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 then oh. when you realize like it's what eight fifteen Central War. Yeah, there's forty minutes that. left. I think is when it started. Right, and the, and they're bringing it out, and you're like, is this you know what's going to happen? Was is it going to be super short? Are they swerving me? You know, so it was really kind of hanging on every moment. And they had me, you know, when they did the false finish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the things I noticed with JD is I don't think he realized there was a rope, but the rope was attached with tape. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's also something I found interesting about being in the arena is not being able to tell exactly what he was being choked with. When I saw that, I was like, man, I didn't see that coming this soon. Like, I did think there would be outside interference would lead to the finish. But... um. I was thinking, what what are we doing with the rest of this with the rest of the time? Like somebody's got to be coming out. Right. Is Wardlow about to turn? And then, of course, we had the match restarted. Yeah, they do such. A, we've talked about this before, but they 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 really know what fans know. If that makes yeah. sense, like they yeah. know what they know what is a trope. It's almost like like the scream horror movies know all the cliches of the horror movies. Like they know all the cliches, so yeah. they know how to build up an expectation. You know, even like the, um, you know, when uh, uh, MJF chokes him out and they uh, they find the rope and they restart the match and Punk immediately rolls him up. Like a lot of fans are like, oh, this, he's going to roll him up and that's going to be the win because you're so used to something like that happening and being like a super fast right. you know, finish after that. But then they go another like 20 minutes yeah. after that. But- and then they build up all these expectations only to have MJF win the way that he always wins when he cheats, which yeah. is the ring. He won twice, mm-hmm. and both times were, were via cheating. But before we even get on to the, that second part, the the, the post-first finish part of the match, mm-hmm. inside the logic of AEW and pro wrestling, what did you think of the restarting of the match after a called finish and like a hand raised? I, I, I 
I tried not to. <laughs> like, that's the thing. I didn't, at this point, like, AEW is a little fast and loose with a lot of the rules, as is. The referees are, somebody said earlier this week, I think it, I think it was um, Jonathan Snowden, um, said every referee in AEW is Steve Mazzagatti from the UFC. Yeah, if I Freddy, saw that. Yeah, yeah and I, I loved that. But, um... What, I remember yeah. thinking, should I be should I be upset with this? Because I don't mm-hmm. think you should be restarting the match. But mm-hmm. in the end, I, I wasn't that bothered. It. So, so I, here's here's the kind of logic I applied to it. And, okay, which actually didn't make sense. But <laughs> uh, so in UFC, if you um, there's certain things you'll get disqualified immediately for, right? Yeah, like a twelve two. Uh, what is it? A twelve six elbow elbow something like that. Yeah. But there's other things like an accident, like a, um, a, a eye poke or a low or blow, a low blow. A lot, lot of warnings for those. If, if the guy can't finish as a result of the eye poke, is mm-hmm. that a DQ or is that just a... Um, it can be a DQ. It can also be a no contest depending okay. on what state. So I was thinking like, okay, he got caught cheating in the finish. It's not yeah. like you caught him choking and you took the rope away and the match is continuing. The match ended as a result yeah. of him cheating. It, I was thinking it should be a DQ should or a no DQ contest, logic. but yeah. But that's going to be a horrible ending. Terror. <laughs> yeah. So the thing that makes sense is not a good ending. Yeah. Um. So, I th- what I was surprised, what I think they, what I, what I was surprised they didn't do that I think they probably could have done was have the, um. Have it, have him find the rope, mm-hmm. and then have them like confer outside the ring. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Punk's kind of coming too as as they're talking about it. Yeah, and then they announce it's restarting the match, and then they go to commercial. Right, like they kind of they kind of just went back into the match and did the roll up and all that stuff. I would I would have liked that so you could have CM Punk kind of like recovering in the corner, recover. Yeah, uh, and you know, hey, this match continues right. You know, right when we come back, you know, and then during the picture in picture, you're seeing him like waking him up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, know? I'm I'm kind of I'm giggling over here like a little yeah. schoolgirl because I'm picturing I'm picturing MJF shooting CM Punk with a gun, and then them discovering <laughs> the gun and being like, "We're restarting this match restarting immediately." Yeah. CM Punk, you're back in it. Right, right. <laughs> no, that would I I I, I think I really would have liked that. Like that's a good idea. And then, of course, Wardlow walks down the ring. I actually missed him slip it to him for some too. reason. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a lot of people did. I'm glad mm-hmm. it wasn't just me. I always just assume I'm looking at my phone or something. So that's good to know. Yeah, and I haven't gone back to watch it again to see how well it was shown you know, uh, live. Yeah. They did make a great – they did a really good job of showing it in the replay and calling attention. Yes. Yeah, they did. So one of the things I was worried about when Ruby Punk – and Brian came in was I didn't want them like they all needed a push. They clearly are big stars and they deserve a strong push in AW, which they've all gotten. But I was worried that they would get pushed over the talent that already existed. And and here we've had Brian Danielson and CM Punk. They both had really good runs, tons of wins. And now each of them has ran into somebody who's finally defeated them. Adam page and, uh, and MJF, and I think those are good choices. I think those are the choices for the people that needed. If yeah. anybody was going to go over them again, they, it wasn't Kenny Omega that went over Brian. Mm-hmm. It was Adam Page, mm-hmm. and uh, and it, and MJF went over, but he cheated to get there, which yep. is the way he should have gone over. Yeah, it it built him up 
Like he's ready. This is MGF's year. And yeah. This is the match that's going to get him there. Like the job that Punk did, building him up, putting him on his level, and then putting him over the top. You know, there was a moment at the end of the match. Some people criticized it. I didn't really didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. That when the match was over, MGF just kind of laid on Punk, like they're both exhausted. Yeah. So you could tell that MGF was talking to him. Right. And I'm always fascinated to hear you know what they say you know you never really hear it it's like the seat the tightest held secret I, the little yeah. words you know when they say you know thank you or whatever i have to think i have to believe he was like seriously thanking cm punk yeah. for that match because that's even though the ratings were really unexpectedly yes. down uh-huh. that was a major major match mm-hmm. and one of the things that always bothers me about coverage of the ratings like this is a lot of people are like, oh, were people disappointed with the match? Mm-hmm. Like, no, they weren't there to be disappointed with the match. I think more time, more often than not, like back in the day, I'd listen to Dave, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez on F4W mm-hmm. cover ratings, and Dave would be like, well, there wasn't any other wrestling on, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking, like, this is a huge episode of Lost that night. Right. Like, there's other things going on in the world. I don't know what they were that night, but the people just weren't there. And I would, again, this is something we've talked about before. I'd like to see what the DVR numbers are mm-hmm. because I have been there on a TV show where the network one week is like, oh, man, your ratings were so good. We need to t- we need to make this live show a two-hour show next week. Let's wait and see what week two's ratings are. Then week two ratings are hit, and it's like, oh, my God. We might get canceled. And then three days later, it's like, oh, DVR numbers came in. You're great. We right. might move you to two hours again. Like right. it, like networks are so fickle, and it could be anything. Yeah. And I don't think it had to do with this match. No, I don't think so. It had. It just had – there were just less people. Just, just 100,000 people yeah. weren't home. That's what we've seen is, is uh, that AEW doesn't get affected as much by the quality of match as they do. Right just what else, what the competition is that's just where they're at yeah that's the thing i i really think those numbers and you don't hear this talked about i think on a lot of podcasts i think those numbers are going to be dvr numbers that come in and that's just numbers that just doesn't really get released that much like live plus three or live plus seven mm-hmm. those are numbers that are out there they're tabulated every, like networks know what they are we just don't get them as often because showbuzz daily doesn't report them and that's where everybody's getting their numbers is showbuzz daily um for whatever reason, I'm going to put this out here, and I don't think it has anything to do with AEW this week. I think it has to do with me this week. I was really checked out of both shows this week, and I don't know why. I think it was just like my life at the moment. Mm-hmm. I was a little checked out. So to me, I thought this match went a little bit long, mm-hmm. but I, and again, I don't think that was the match's fault. I think that's just my brain at this moment in time. Um, I think my favorite match of the week that I um, – and again, I went back and watched this one. I was still a little out of it. I think my favorite match of the week was actually Ricky Starks, Jay Lethal of all matches. I, yeah, I can't argue with that. That was a really, I, I really liked that match. And again, um, I've been a little critical of Jay Lethal and I love Jay Lethal. Like, and I think he has so much to offer. I still don't think he's been utilized perfectly anywhere yet, but I don't know if AEW's working on doing that. Mm-hmm. But, um, it was kind of a deal where it's like, okay, 
I like that he's here. Is he gonna is he gonna add anything? And so far he hasn't, other than just having great matches. Mm-hmm. And I think for most people, I think that's enough of a reason to be here. And I still think you can do so much with Jay Lethal. I'd love to see him in an ROH championship feud with as in two former champions with Brian Danielson. I'd love mm-hmm. to see that at some point. But um I really, really like that match. Also, we got a really weird finish on Rampage, but I'm sure we'll come back to Dynamite here. Yeah. Uh, between Thunder Rose and Mercedes Martinez, we finally had a yeah. DQ finish. I don't yeah. know if it was the first. If it wasn't, it was the second Chris in Jericho AW was history. Sure, it was the first. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Go- I'm not. I'm not sticking right with not. Jericho. But it's one of the few. One of the absolute few where, where Mercedes Martinez just took a lead pipe, what appeared yeah. to be a lead pipe, and just beat Thunder Rosa just. about the head and shoulders with it. Yes, just like you do. Laid her out, yeah, yeah, which led to which led to a confrontation with Britt, where she's like, "No, I wanted you to beat Thunder Rosa." She's right. like, "No, you said take her out. I took her out, which I totally get. I'm, which, I, I side yeah. with Mercedes Martinez there. I'd, she I'd should get too. full she, pay. Yeah, she she should have been a little more clear on the assignment. It's funny, that, uh, Britt. Britt is carrying Britt. It seems almost like Britt is the one who's checking the uh, weekly rankings every week, and yeah. uh, Mercedes is like, "What are you talking about? These rankings are dumb." Yeah, exactly. If you want to take, no. her out, take her out. I'm not worried about her record. Which I I really like that is is kind of an aspect of Britt Baker's personality is she is so confident, but there's a false confidence there because she is constantly obsessing over the rankings, mm-hmm. wanting people to take out people who are coming up the rankings for her as if she never wants to defend the belt. Right. And I think that works really well for her personality. When uh, we were all talking with JD, when we were talking with JD earlier about uh he popular heels in AEW as in the heels are popular. I want, I, I, I almost threw in Britt Baker too, because she is, they're kind of all Ric Flair type heels and that yes. people absolutely love them mm-hmm. when they're supposed to be the bad guy. Right. And, but I'll say this of all the males and, and I think we should jump back to the Brian Danielson segment. We were talking about with JD. Like, I love the idea of a long-term Brian Danielson having a stable being the Ric Flair type. Cause I think it's the best comparison is he's a heel that everyone loves yeah. and everyone knows he's probably the best in the world. If he's not, he's, he's in that conversation a hundred percent. I think the well, number one part of the issue is people just love him and are always going to love him. Yeah. He, There's not a lot you can do about him. it. But number two, I think he's still fighting to be accepted as a heel because it was so random that he turned. Yeah, because because of the of Moxley leaving and he kind of filled that spot, right? And um, so it wasn't a very organic turn, you know. That's he, fair. Yeah, he, he's he does really well in it. He slipped right into it in terms of his personality and stuff. But, yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think I think he'll have an uphill battle trying to be a real heel, but I think it's I think he'll just find a space where where he'll he'll just be someone who feuds with the good guys and you know hopefully yeah. won't. You know, I, I feel like with the page thing, people were still behind page. So it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like he was sucking, uh, you know, energy away from from the good guys the way that a, right. a really popular heel might like a Brit might, you know, in yeah. cases. No, that's a good point. That's a that's a really solid distinction. I like that. So he came out and talked to Moxley. Everybody thought this is going to be the beginning of a feud. But in reality, he offered a deal like I want to be I want to partner up with you mm-hmm. and we could take every belt in this company if we want the tag team belts we can take it we can take young guns under our wings and he mentioned Wheeler Yuta I think he mentioned Lee Johnson I could be wrong on that Moriarty 
Lee Moriarty, yep. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then Daniel Garcia, mm-hmm. and I was really excited. As you could tell by my questioning of JD, yeah. when Daniel Garcia got the biggest pop there, and that made me happy because it gave me it made me realize for the first time, like I knew I loved him and I knew you loved him, mm-hmm. but I didn't know about the AEW fans in general. And I was really excited to know everybody's in on this. It's not That's just us. Time. I remember you, when it was airing, you texted me and said, are my dreams are about to come true? <laughs> yeah. Cause we have talked, like we've talked about, you had, you actually brought this idea up a long time ago mm-hmm. about the idea of this, this, this kind of shooter stable. And I think at the time you mentioned Daniel Garcia being, mm-hmm being the young gun in that stable and I'm like oh my god you are just you're just manifesting everything man I just assume <laughs> off camera you've got crystals yeah. you've got like incense burning cuz you're manifesting everything right, right now that's right nice yeah, work it, it would be awesome because if they went that way then whoever emerges from it cuz like let's say they they put in Diego Garcia in there let's just say Mox stays out of it and they have, yeah. like, he he forms his little youngins faction yeah. and Denny Youngins. Uh, Daniel Garcia. Dojo Youngins. Dojo Youngins. <laughs> I love that name so much. The <laughs> so great. And everything. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, eight months from now, a year from now, Daniel Garcia could pull a coup and you've got, you know, Hero Danielson all over again feuding with uh, uh, a stable Danielson. ran by Daniel Garcia. Yes. Yeah, or by Daniel Garcia. Yeah. somebody else that could come in like Johnny Gargano, who I really right. think if this happens, he's got he's got to be in the mix there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Let me go ahead and bring this up real quick. And um, so let's see. So on Twitter this week, we got some really good stuff out of uh, out of Tony Khan about mm-hmm. some about some things coming to AEW on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I uh I actually screen capped these tweets and now I can't find them anywhere. He basically it was basically the idea was we've got the forbidden door coming. It's going to open on Wednesday and he used the term forbidden door which was strange. Yeah. Basically a uh, a major free agent is going to sign. He didn't say free agent. He said forbidden door, Mm -hmm. but it's clearly a free agent. They're going to show up Wednesday. They're going to sign. And then they're going to wrestle a match against Isaiah, uh, uh, Isaiah Isaiah Cassidy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Isaiah Cassidy uh, for the, um, man, I am, I'm just freezing up here for the, um, the face of the revolution. revolution. Yeah. And so, we're going to talk a lot. Like, I'd, I really want to talk about that right now. But mm. later tonight, we're recording our patron cast. Um, and the patron cast, of course, is for everyone who's a, a, a Patreon subscriber of Fight Game Media. It's only $5 a month. We're going to do a special patron cast each month and, and tonight, which means when you're listening to this, it will also be available um, through our Patreon feed. Uh, the state of the union of AEW. And we're going to talk a lot about free agents. We're going to talk about who we want to see come. We're going to talk about people we think maybe should be let go feuds. We'd like to see happen this year, but we're also going to talk extensively about who we think this is going to be on Wednesday. What I'll say right now is when I heard it, I was prepared to be a little disappointed, kind of like I was with Christian, even though Christian is a great get, he's been phenomenal. And I thought this is going to be, I love Samoa Joe, but we don't know how healthy he is right now. I thought Samoa Joe or William Regal. But now that we know it's going to be somebody who is immediately going to wrestle, it makes me think it's probably not one of those guys, Kevin. Yeah, I don't know. 
uh, the, the, he he had like three or four tweets that were all kind of like it seems like he was all over the place a little bit. Put, it seems like he put something out and someone messaged him and said, "Hey, it sounds like this." <laughs> yeah. and be, oh, I didn't mean that. Let me correct myself. And then yeah, you know, so basically just announced it's a free agent and kind of hinted to me that it could be that it was someone coming from WWE. Right. All right. Uh, I've, okay. I've pulled these up. Oh, cool. Um, let's see. The first one. As referenced on AEW Rampage, I have a surprise. On AEW Dynamite Live on TBS Network, a top wrestler, so top wrestler, mm-hmm. will walk through the Forbidden Door for this Wednesday and debut in AEW. More info to come. Thank you to everyone, blah, blah, blah. Then his next tweet, the Forbidden Door can be open for anyone from any wrestling promotion in the world, mm-hmm. whether or not it's a company AEW is on good terms with, even if it's someone from a company that's open for business. They're also welcome to slam the door in the face of their prior company. So he's saying they're coming from a company, but the forbidden door indicates they're working for another company and visiting. I'm guessing we're experiencing right now a redefinition of the forbidden door yes. because the, I think the most important part of this is it slam the door in the face of their prior company, meaning they're probably coming from WWE. Yeah. Then... With a great showing in tonight's AW Rampage TNT title bout, Isaiah Cassidy has earned a qualifying match for a spot in the face of the Revolution ladder match. With a TNT title shot at stake, his opponent will debut Wednesday and sign a contract with AEW. Isaiah versus question mark. Um, I loved looking at Reddit's take on this, by the way. Mm. And I, again, I'm not giving my take on this until the, the okay. patron cast, but everybody assumed it was Sub-Zero from the uh, from the outline here and then it just led to thousands of comments about how sub-zero would defeat isaiah cassidy so i was i was yeah i was very entertained by that like (laughs) supremely entertained that'll be a lot of fun as always uh patreon.com slash fight game media and as always check out fightgamemedia.com for all your needs and whether it be pro wrestling mma boxing all of it they've got everything you need so i hope you'll check them out um. All right. Well, what else do we have to talk about this, Matt? Uh, dude, the Nyla versus Ruby match I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I know what you were talking about with a with was it a botched ending? Because we had Nyla on the top rope. We had Ruby go to make a kick, missed, fell on her back, mm-hmm. and then the way Nyla responded by jumping off and splashing, and then doing was it a power bomb? The equivalent of a power bomb. I think so. Yeah. And then and pinning her. Like, I think whatever was supposed to happen was going to be pretty close to that uh, because I didn't see any, like, communication really. Yeah. I don't think it was a botch at all. I think it was, I don't, I think it was supposed to. I think it was. We talked about how that's how uh, their last match ended. That's how Ruby won the match was mm-hmm. with that kick in the corner. And um, Nyla did make a sh- – like, she did, like, hook her arm under the top under rope. the Yeah to hold on so it was a count like she had a count you know it's not a bot she countered the move right but there were so many it became very controversial for some reason that night of people arguing about was it a botch was it not a bot yeah did they shoot it badly did uh did uh nyla sell it badly because she didn't really like react very much and and and, and to be honest the only reason i brought it up is because when i watched it the first time i thought did ruby just fall yeah like it it to me it looked like a botch but when right. I went back I was like no that was exactly what they planned it's yeah. just it wasn't very like showy. live 
Live, I, I thought I had to think about it, and I decided mm-hmm. I don't didn't think it was a botch. But then I was not online at all that night, so I didn't see I didn't see anybody talking about it to know it was a, a major element of conversation that night. Yeah, for some reason it was very contentious. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. It was not. It was planned. Okay, let's see what else do we have. Um, so we kind of talked with we kind of talked with JD about the Brandy Dan Lambert spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish. Look, I don't love Brandy. As in, I like Brandy as a person. I don't love Brandy as a wrestler. I think she's, I've said on this show that I was concerned about her coming back from the baby and wanting to get back to wrestling because I thought the women's division has left her behind. Mm -hmm. That is too far beyond her skill level at this point. I did not expect the the the, cha- the, the shut the fuck up chance. I didn't expect that. Not to that level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was talking to a buddy about this this week, and, and he basically came to the conclusion. He's like, bro, like I, I don't like Brandy's wrestling either, but um, I'll pay a significant amount, amount of money to watch Brandy wrestling around with Paige Van Zandt on live TV. <laughs> like, I'm sold, and, I, and I'm sold as well. Like, I don't think it's going to be great, mm-hmm. But um, Paige is a really good athlete. Mm-hmm. She was, uh, I think, a ballet dancer before MMA. I believe she was maybe a cheerleader as well. As in, she's really good on her feet. She's really good. She has great movement. Uh, the reason I don't think she should have gone into bare knuckle is because she was better um, on the ground than she was on her feet. Striking, and, yeah. Yeah. She was way better, had a way better ground game than striking game. And I think, I think pro wrestling could be perfect for her. And I could see her taking to it. Uh, much more quickly than most people. So fingers crossed this won't be the worst match, but I felt like something was coming here and I was kind of hoping it was, it was uh, Paige. A lot of other people wanted it to be um, Kayla Harrison, the judo uh, Olympic gold medal, gold medalist. Kayla Kayla hates wrestling, doesn't she? I believe she does. And, and Paige, I think had to, I have a feeling Paige kind of got talked into this probably by Dan Lambert because Mm. Paige clearly Paige wants to be considered a serious athlete. Mm-hmm. I think that's why we see her go back time after time to MMA, to uh, bare knuckle. Even when she seems to be re- in, in in the UFC, she seemed to be regressing because mm-hmm. at one point she beat Rose Namahunas, who's currently the UFC flyweight champion. Right. I'm sorry, um, strawweight champion. And um, you know, Rose wasn't who she eventually became. But Rose probably shouldn't have lost that match, but she did. And Paige, Paige kind of went backwards. And um, I really, really hope she takes to pro wrestling and sticks here because I think she could be a really big star for a really long time. She yeah. has a huge amount of followers. Um, and, yeah, I think most of it. Look, I met her backstage at a UFC around 2012, sat down and talked with her. She was incredibly engaging all the way back then. She has natural charisma, natural charm. I hope this works out. I really do. Yeah. I think it's all going to depend on whether she likes pro wrestling, like yeah. likes the act of it and, and enjoys the, you know, yeah, I think with, with fighters coming in, there's this hump they got to get over of it being fake or whatever. And you yeah, know, just understand it's a different thing. You're just using her body in a different way. Exactly. And I think, I think if she gets the bug, Mm-hmm. She could be incredible. I think if she sees herself as this is just something I'm doing to build my brand or something like that, yeah, uh, she won't. She won't have the dedication it'll take for her to yeah. get good. 
Right. I, don't, I, I agree with JD when we talked about earlier. I don't like, I don't, Brandy's not the person to get it out of her. No. Brandy, I've always seen as, as, um, fantasy, what, you know, I think like, uh, Jeff Hawkins has called it. She's like, uh, she's going to a fantasy camp, camp. fantasy yeah. camp wrestler where she's like, you know, gets an opportunity to do something, but hasn't put in the amount of work that a lot of people did. And she may yeah. have put in a lot more work than we know. I'm sure she has, but that's the thing. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to attack Brandy. Yeah. And I know you're not either, mm-hmm. but she is not at the point that someone who's been wrestling as long as she has should be at. And she's she far behind. She's way behind. And she doesn't, she hasn't shown anyway, good instincts for how no. to work a crowd. Like half the time, I feel like she's getting the opposite reaction. She thinks she's getting, and she doesn't know how to adjust and like her husband know does. How to adjust. Like when they started chanting at her and she said, are you done? Which is the worst thing you could say to oh a my crowd. God. If you're trying to get them to stop doing something. You're just amping them up. Yeah. And I also don't get why there's just so much. Well, yeah. There's just so much. I don't understand. <laughs> she, she comes my- out and calls the crowd Cleveland. Like she's, immediately trying to get them to boo her but then yeah. but then Dan Lambert comes out you know and and he's the the reason I thought she was putting her with Dan Lambert is because he's the biggest heat getter when it comes to crowd response yeah there is. you you assume that he can get the heat and make her a little right. bit of a baby face so why wouldn't then she, she come comes out, out Cleveland yeah, why, she she can be a really good baby face why I don't know she's the most likable and unlikable person <laughs> in in the company at the same time it's so weird she look because if she'd come out and said hey I just had a baby my dream is to hold a championship in this company I've been here since day one yeah. and I've watched all these people go by and I'm gonna work my butt off to get you know and then Dan Lambert comes and starts berating her now you have sympathy with her mm-hmm. you know and uh Paige comes out who when she was last here was a heel. So it's like, it's just, you don't know what they're going for. And I don't know if she, I just don't know if she quite gets. And whatever they were planning on doing, Chicago is a dangerous place to do it because Chicago thinks for itself. That's right. Yeah. I mean, they really do. They're, they're going to do what they're going to do. And there's not a lot you can do to control it. Um, also, um, one of the things I'd asked JD off the air is I'd heard they were having trouble selling out this arena and that's tough to imagine with CM Punk versus MJF yeah. and um, his thoughts on that were kind of the majority of people's thoughts that they they've they keep coming back to Chicago like right. I don't think they've ever I think they've been to New Orleans once if ever I don't even mm-hmm. think yet they've been there and they've been to Chicago feels like 32 times. They never run the West coast for some reason, right. which is really strange. Like even, even if your ratings aren't massive, there, like come through for the fans that are there. Right. Um, I get yeah. like Chicago has been good to them, but you can't keep There's only can, so much money in the budget for, yeah, these, you can only go to the well buyers. so many times. Yeah. Even they, though, the, even though the tickets are well priced, like, yeah, it's not it's just still, a ticket. It's parking. It's all that. It's they food. They already did two shows. So they did, they did, I can't remember how many shows they did. They did a couple of shows. They did a pay-per-view. They did Rampage then, Dynamite, a pay-per-view, and maybe one more. I think there were four right. shows last time they were but there. But when they added the United Center, they had already had three shows that people yeah. theoretically had bought tickets for. Yeah. And they added that on. So I can imagine if it were me, I would, if I were to go tell my wife, yeah, I'm going to go buy a fourth ticket to go see, you know, AEW should be like, didn't you just see them three times? Like, yeah, you know, that's a hard, you can't win that argument with a wife. Yeah. (laughs) Cause it's not like you've been, you were just, Oh, I went last time they were here. They're coming back. Like, no, you were there. You saw them three times or four times last time. Right. Yeah. That's a two time a year. 
your but deal. I wonder a lot. I, it does seem like uh, Tony does uh, really think about what storylines he wants to be happening and where he wants where? Them to happen. So I wonder yeah. if he put that Chicago date and saying, I'm going to start punk here and then we're going to come back with MJF here, you know, so that they could do that match in Chicago. Right. Cause that was very intentionally. We're going to use all the equity that punk has in that mm-hmm. town. That's how you leverage beating a, beating a hometown guy yeah. in his town. Oh, it's I like think you, that is why they were there all that, and they gave it to MJF. Yeah. So do you think, uh, I think this, this kind of goes without saying, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Mm-hmm. Do you see this as the beginning of the feud between MJF and punk? You know, I don't know. Somebody, I thought, I thought yes, but someone then pointed out, they said, man, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't touch again for a year that it was see, just MGF moving on to the next thing. And, you know, and either he got sidetracked with Wardlow or something else or got right. hurt or something like that. We're going to keep getting teased on Wardlow for longer. Like, yeah, I, I really thought it was coming, man. I was sure it was coming. Yeah. But if this is the end of this for the time being, mm-hmm. even if it's just for a month, like, it's, my yeah. God, are we, is Wardlow ever going to make the jump? And remember, we still have money riding, although I don't think any money was actually bet. I'm just going to say, still have money riding on, does Jamie Hayter jump before mm-hmm. Wardlow? That's still out there, ladies and that gentlemen. still out there. So... The question, I guess we're going to probably find out this week, is this going to move forward or not? Because we've got a pay-per-view coming up. It's mm-hmm. only, I don't know, four or five weeks away. And we don't have any matches yet. We got nothing. Nothing. And, nothing. and the only things they've been building either were happening this week or this coming week. With and we're Lance getting a... Page and Larcher. We're getting this Adam Page-Lance Archer match coming up next week. They're just starting out. First match, Texas death match. Yeah. And like, look, I love a death match. Mm-hmm. Maybe not on Dynamite. Maybe not every month on Dynamite. We're getting a lot of death matches, man. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of huge mistakes in death matches in AEW, and they're just – I don't think Tony Khan gives a a single shit, I'm willing to say, live here on podcast. Uh, he's just going to – he's if he wants a death match, he's doing a death match. Yeah. He, yeah, Man. he, like, he likes his violence. <laughs> he likes his violence. <laughs> he likes his blood and guts. Yeah, but you know, the 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 last one they had with uh, Mox and Archer in uh, Dallas, I was actually live there for that one. Mm-hmm. They, it wasn't as intense as some of their lights out matches or even that street right. fight they did with the with the ladies uh around New Year's. So I don't I think it's gonna be more of like an old school death match where it's it's like it's gonna be more Texas than death, if that makes I sense. I got I like that. I like that a lot. And also with the lights out match with Orange Cassidy and Adam Cole, it was nothing it was nothing even yeah. remotely like the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa yeah. match. I'm sure there'll be some blood and things like that, but um but I, I wouldn't expect it to be, you know, to, it's really going to be a lot more like big slams into objects yeah. and tables and things like that. Okay. Uh, but it should be fun. It should be a fun brawl. One to 10, 10, 10 being the best one being not interested at all right now. If this is the match for the pay-per-view, if it is Adam page, Lance Archer pay-per-view March, as of right now, how, how well do you think they've done in getting you excited for, it? I saw some people, I was looking up some people's reviews earlier today of Dynamite and Rampage, and I saw a couple different websites were like, I'm, they basically said they were more interested leaving this show than they were going in, in the match coming up. Mm-hmm. And uh, where do you stand on that? Because I've, I've kind of been excited from the beginning. I like Lance Archer. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say I'm not more, I'd say I was pretty into it as a TV match 
from yeah. the beginning. I, I don't think they've done anything to make me more excited right. other than just say, yep, that's probably what it's going to be like, you know. <laughs> so what could they do in this match? Because like, they're clearly, like, you can't take the belt off Adam Page in this match. I don't think that's no. even in, in remote possibility. What could they do? to uh to help build this into a pay-per-view match if that's even what they're doing because this could very well and it probably is just a way to kill time before starting what is going to be the pay-per-view match likely with adam page i mean adam cole Cole. yeah that's what every every episode man every episode well there's too many yeah the scene we understand why wdwe does what they do i hate to say this because i like brian cage but I'm kind of glad they took him off TV before I started doing this podcast because Adam Page, Brian Cage, Christian right. Cage, I right. think there's at least one more. It yeah. would have been a Ethan nightmare Page. for everybody listening. Ethan Page, yeah. It would have been a nightmare a for anybody Some listening. There's wrestler out there named Ethan Cole that's going to just make our minds melt. They're going to bring him in immediately. They're just going to bring him in immediately. They'll put him in a triple threat match. Adam Cole <laughs> yeah. versus Adam Page versus Ethan Cole. Yeah. I'm hoping, you know what, regardless of everything else, this is going to be a really fun match on TV, and I'm really excited for it. Mm-hmm. Is there yeah. anything else you want to talk about from Rampage or Dynamite before we move on to our next segment? Uh, let's see. I don't. Well, well, I mean, the Adam Cole did a heck of a promo. It was a really good promo, and it indicated he's kind of he yeah. wants his title shot. Yeah. So that was good. Not much. I also love how how like. Every segment is he's like, you know what? Forget my loss last week. It's not on the record. It doesn't right. count. Didn't even happen. Yeah. I like that. I like that too. And Sammy Guevara had a good match. Uh, he did Isaiah. against Isaiah Cassidy. That was a very good match. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I mean, when's the last time we've seen a, a, an, even just a moderate Sammy Guevara match? He has been right. hot lately. He's yeah. been in with some good people, but I think he is the A-side mm-hmm. of the Isaiah Cassidy match, and he mm-hmm. really delivered. Yeah. He needs he needs a real feud, though. He needs something and then, that goes on for several weeks. Well, I, we've I, got... I think, I we think, may have that. Yeah, we may have it next week with the, uh, with the Inner Circle meeting, actually. Well... There's a lot going on with with Sammy right now because we've got the inner circle meeting, mm-hmm. and Chris Jericho said on the mic this week, Sammy is like the, my closest friend at this moment. So mm-hmm. Sammy's his right hand man, and then we had Darby Allen come out mm-hmm. and uh, kind of mm-hmm. back him up when he's surrounded by Andrade, Matt Hardy, Private Party. We had Darby Allen come out, stand by his side, kind of look mm-hmm. at the belts. And in the past, when we've had things like this happen, we have had a match at the end, but generally the two guys in that situation kind of have each other's backs for a little while. Mm-hmm. So um, we could have the uh, the uh, AH. Oh, what's the what the AHF AHFO AHFO um, possibly versus uh, Sammy Guevara, Darby, and you'd have to think Sting. Mm-hmm. Which that would, I mean, that that's a hell of a matchup for a little while, and then there's always the chance that the person signing on Wednesday could be Jeff Hardy, which could throw even more chaos into this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's definitely a possibility. Um, man, there's there's a lot. It, you know what? It's great to be Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen right now because they both have so many different ways they can go here in the next couple months. And and we'll probably find out in the next two weeks kind of what, what direction those two guys are heading mm-hmm. leading into the next pay-per-view. And you could get Sammy versus Andrade for the TNT title, which would be That'd good. be great. Uh, but I still think – I wonder, like, they've made such a big deal about the um, – we're 
uh, about the inner circle team meeting being yeah. mandatory. Yeah, yeah. Attendance is mandatory. That's right. And I'm like, what if Sammy just doesn't show up? Ooh, because we already have, we already have proud and powerful. We've already have them kind of on the outs here. That could be a, this could be a major thing because again, for the better part of a year, there would like the inner circle were holding AEW together during the mm-hmm. during COVID. Absolutely. And so, also, you know, on the when we get into our State of the Union, um, I've got a lot to say about Jake Hager. He's he's definitely a guy I'm going to bring up. Mm, okay. um, so we got a lot coming up in, here in the in the next week or so. So let's get now to should have been on Dynamite, where every week we go over what we've seen on kind of different social medias, different YouTubes, along with, of course, Dark and Dark Elevation, mm-hmm. and what was good enough that you need to tune in that maybe should have been on Dynamite. Yeah, for me, and this is not actually because it was good enough, but it was okay. kind of important. Uh, Brandy Rhodes has been wrestling on Dark. And she had a, I think it was an elevation match actually, okay. uh, that would have, that would have been taped last week, right? Um, against Kylan King, who I believe is the twenty third least popular uh, woman wrestler in Dynamite according to Reddit. I'm going to bring that up right now while we're talking. Um, and uh, you know, it was a brandy match. It was fine, just kind of going through the motions. Uh, she has the most unfortunate uh, finisher name called the Stretch Mark. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. I haven't seen any of her matches back yet. Yes. Uh, Oh my God. And you know, like you said, it's, it's kind of fantasy camp wrestling. She kind of does some basic moves, a couple of, you know, like one little move that's like a little special and then her finisher. And, um, so I, I, the reason I put it on my should have been a dynamite list is not because it was so good that you can't miss it, but it was right. more of if they're going to have her as a wrestler and have this be a thing that they should be showing her wrestling on dynamite. And I would have yeah. rather have seen, I would have rather seen this match on dynamite, her start to cut a promo and Paige Van Zant just come out. That would have been great. Yeah. That whole insult battle that with the problematic, uh, just it really uncomfortable insults and the, 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 Jerry, the Jerry Springer aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, and you know, like I just don't, I don't, I just don't get why Brandy's trying to be heel and do this. You know, I don't know. I, I, I would rather, I would rather see like, her be a plucky person who's trying to come back from, you know, having a baby. Yeah. It's kind of like the, like what we have right now with Cody and Brandy, Mm-hmm. I like kind of barely comprehend what they're trying to do. Right. Like, but with Cody, Cody is so Cody's really charismatic. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I, like I have, I have a strong attachment to both of them because I love that Cody left the WWE bet on himself, became a superstar and founded AEW. So like Cody can get away with so much from so much. And for whatever reason, Brandy can't quite get his way, get away with as much. And, um, it's just such a weird situation right now, man. Yeah. I'm I'm really glad like um I like I like I like your next one you have. I really like this one. Yeah. The so last week in PWG, Daniel Garcia won the annual or Battle of Los Angeles. Battle of Los Angeles for uh Pro Wrestling Gorilla, which is you know, one of the key ingredients of AEW is Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Uh, yes. If yeah, you've yeah. won if you've won Pro Wrestling Gorilla Mm-hmm. You are you go on to be 
Brian Danielson, CM yes. Punk, somebody of that level. Like, yes. you have to be really good to get that honor bestowed on you. Yes. And there were a lot of great people in this. Jonathan Gresham, loads of great wrestlers in this mm-hmm. in this tournament. Speedball Bailey, and yep. uh, so I mean, it's a it's 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 your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestling show, and and. Uh, so him winning that is huge, huge for his career. Yeah. It'll be huge for his future. It shows that the peer, his peers respect him. It shows that probably a lot of key people in AEW are into him. Yeah. Um, I they think did make a shout out on Dino on a rampage, mm-hmm. I think, uh, or maybe it was, yeah, I think it was, well, I don't know. It might've been on uh darker elevation when Daniel mm-hmm. Garcia wrestled, uh, Excalibur did have a little line where he congratulated him on winning the tournament. I think that was Elevation because I didn't see Elevation this week. I saw Dark. I think it was. And it was just a little shout out. Hey, congratulations. He just won the prestigious Battle of Los Angeles title for Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. You know, that's a big deal. And and what? so now what I want to see is AEW show that faith by, like, let's see that PWG uh, Daniel Garcia in AEW. And hey, right after he wins it, he gets that shout out from Brian Danielson. Right. On, and that might be the beginning. And listen, I think everybody listening to this knows knows what PWG is. They know what BOLA is, Battle Los Angeles. In case you don't and you're wondering, where can I see this? You can't. Not for can't. months. First of all, Battle Los Angeles, PWG, for whatever reason, has forever kept this to like, I don't know, 200 seats. Mm-hmm. They sell out immediately. Like you can be you can try you can put in your purchase order within two seconds you're probably not getting a seat like your best bet is to get something off ebay and then they're going to put out like a dvd in six months Mm -hmm. probably not even a blu-ray you can buy a dvd one day does that make sense absolutely not that's insane it's crazy but that's how it works yeah so in six months you can buy a dvd Someone explained that to me though by saying uh, that what the reason it makes sense is because that's how they're able to get so many people who are signed to other sh- other companies by keeping it small not and important. It online, they're keeping it small enough to where it's so niche that they're not really. Um, it just hit me what you said. The fact that it's not streaming means that anybody can kind of get access to it. Nobody's right. company is going to really try and hold them back from something that's only going to appear on DVD in yeah. six months. That's they really could smart. Do, they could do a match that AEW would do on pay-per-view at PWG, and they'd probably get away with it because right. so few people will actually see it. Right. And then plus, what, I think everyone likes it being like the mad scientist lab of professional wrestling. Yeah. By the way, for for those listening at home and for those who are going to be editing this podcast later, Garrett Gonzalez, um, you might wonder what the sound you've been hearing is. My dog, Puppet Up, just got a hold of of an empty water bottle. And I'm hoping this doesn't elevate. I'm hoping this situation doesn't escalate, but it very well could, (laughs) just so you know. So whatever strange sound you're about to hear, that's on Puppet Up, not on me. My stomach's not growling, although it should be. Yeah. It's not. So just so everybody knows. So there was actually a lot of interesting stuff on Dark this week mm-hmm. that I'm, I want to talk about. But first, I want to talk about the things that uh, that shouldn't have been on Dark, because there was a couple things that shouldn't have been on Dark. There was a guy wrestling Anthony Agogo, whose name I never remember. I've seen him a thousand times now, mm-hmm. probably 18 times. And uh, Taz called him Dragon Ball Jones. Dra- like, oh, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, Dragon Ball Z Jones. Mm-hmm. Look, man, I get this is a great gimmick for the indies, but AEW is a serious promotion that has Danhausen, 
but a serious promotion. You don't need a guy that looks legitimately like he's from Dragon Ball Z. Mm -hmm. Like, have this man, like, I don't know, just wet his hair, comb it back. It looks ridiculous. And then they follow that match up with a lady named Angelica Risk. I'm not judging her on her wrestling at all. She has the worst wrestling gear that has ever existed in the history of professional wrestling. And I'm taking this back to the 1800s. Her ring gear looks like she put on fireman's pants and then just cut out massive chunks of it. It makes no sense. It's incredibly stupid. Someone could get their foot cut in these giant holes and it could, somebody could get injured like AEW. I know Sean Dean books these shows. Mm-hmm. AEW should have some spare tights and say, get this lady out of this nonsense, put her in some real tights. Like this is representing our company. And I'm probably sounding like a little bit of a hard ass here, but like, look, I love Dan house and I love orange Cassidy. I love John silver. Like there's a step too far. And it's that dudes it's dragon balls hair. And, and, uh, and Angelica's pants. They're so bad, man. They're horrible. So maybe they should just where they have these guys come in for one shot on dark. They just pay them in pants. Yeah. Pay them in pants. Look, I'm Russell for one match and we'll get, you get to keep the gear. We know these people have wrestled for hot dogs, Kevin. Both of these people have a hundred percent wrestle for hot dogs in this calendar year. They'll a hundred percent wrestle for gear. Like legit, like whatever you're, I think AEW pays these people pretty well. Mm -hmm. Like throw in some pants, man. Like, come on. It's so bad. So I've done my negative. Now I'm going to give my positive. Marina Shafir had a great mask with a great match with uh, Rekka Tahaka. I really liked Rekka. Like, I like her look. She's a good wrestler, but Marina Shafir looked phenomenal. Her gear looked good. The match was good. She had a really cool finisher I don't think I've ever seen before, which is a choke. It's like a neck choke, but with the leg up as well. Mm-hmm. Like, the neck is the leg is part of the choke. Um, and I really, and I know Ronda Rousey is trying to get her re signed by WWE right now. And I really hope AEW locks down Marina Shafir. She is really good. She should be on Dynamite. She should be. I'm, I'll tell you what, that'd be a better match for uh, for a lot of these people that were talking about wrestling all these green mm-hmm. people. Like she would be a better match for Jade Cargill than most everybody Jade Cargill's wrestled so far yep. since her title win. Also, somebody that's been on Dark and Dark Elevation before that I have somehow missed every time they've been there. And I believe the date their debut was October the twenty sixth. Toa Leona. Um, we've this is a Samoan, Tongan, whatever. I don't want to get that mixed up. Um, who is huge? He's like 300 pounds. He's got to be 6263, something like that. He looks really good. Now he was wrestling a match where he was he was gonna lose. I think he lost, but he is worth checking out. It's kind of like the early days of Nick Camarado, and you see Nick Camarado, and you your like your spidey sense goes off. Like this, somebody I have to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Toe is somebody worth paying attention to. Also. Tony Nese, who's just been gone for months, all of a sudden was here um, taking on Zach Clayton, who, of course, is married to either married to or engaged to uh, Snooki from Jersey Shore. <laughs> um, Zach Clayton's a good wrestler and he had a good match. This was a really good match with Tony Nese. And like I was I was paying attention for Tony Nese. But the more I see Zach Clayton, the more I realize this guy's legit. He's not just there because of his uh, reality TV ties. Okay. Definitely out. worth checking out. Okay. So let's see. What else? I feel like there was something else this week from 
outside of AEW, but I can't remember what it is. Maybe there's not. I've got to say this, though. Since when we started this segment, when we started Should Have Been on Dynamite, there was awesome stuff happening every week on Being the Elite. Mm -hmm. There were all these great Daniel Garcia matches on Dark and Dark Elevation. And like Dark and Dark Elevation still have some good matches. And I don't, I know I've told it to you a few times, but I don't know if I've said on the podcast, Being the Elite has really fallen off in the last three months. Like it is just the Young Bucks buying shoes. Mm -hmm. And then every episode, John Silver runs into Jade Cargill, calls her a bitch. Like, again, they're that, like, that's a word they're going to way too many times yeah. right now in AEW. Um, when they were having some great Dark Order segments back in the day, they were having a lot of great stuff. And there's just not a lot right now. And also, I think the, the episodes have kind of gotten elongated again. Like they'd been down to like seven or eight minutes. So before they were like a half hour. Mm -hmm. uh, I think now they're in the middle, but it's not great stuff that they're filling it with. So I'm hoping we get back there because I was really excited when we started the segment to kind of talk about being the elite every week. And now there's nothing to talk about. Yeah, they they I I have a love hate relationship with being the elite. And all the vlog shows, because I, I, right. I really like them. I think there's a role for stuff like that, but a lot of times there's, I can't. I there's can't also a few that. too many right now. And for whatever yeah. reason, look, I haven't tried out Sammy's vlog in a while, mm -hmm. but early on, like I couldn't, I couldn't last five minutes. Like it was not good early on. I don't know about now. So I don't know. Like I know he gets good numbers. So I don't know. Is that the, the, like the 13 to 29 year old ladies who are watching for Sammy. I don't know. It might be really good now. And I think a lot of the stuff that might've been happening early on on BTE has moved on to other people's vlogs because mm -hmm. they're going to get good money for this. If they're getting 20, 40,000 views a week, right. you'll make some money for that. So yeah. why give it to BTE? And then Thunder Rosa has one where every week she takes someone else uh, out for tacos. Mm -hmm. And um, my favorite one, and again, I've only seen two or three, was she took a lot of the of the Yoshi girls out for tacos. And it was phenomenal watching them marking out for a real taco place in America with Thunder Rosa and them trying to pronounce everything. I loved that. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And so that one, I think, is definitely worth checking out. But there's so many now, I can't keep up with it. Yeah. I'm assuming there's a hook one. Like if if there's not hook, I don't it's know what he's doing. Chips or yeah, at the strip club. I, I would love it's just him eating chips in the strip club. <laughs> I would be phenomenal. That's that's for his Patreon. You yeah. Can't get, you can't get that on. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So right now, while there, you know, I don't think we had the best stuff for should have been on Dynamite, but there are some good things worth checking out. There's a mm -hmm. lot of small things that I think are worth checking out there, like mm -hmm. Marina, um, and then the Brandy Rhodes match. I'm glad you pointed that out. I need to see yeah. that one. But we've got a lot to look forward to. Like, give us these matches coming up this week, Kevin. All right. Well, you know, they really haven't announced a whole ton. So next We've got a lot of stuff. Just yeah. We've got stuff. Just not a lot of matches. Uh, So Dynamite next week. Hangman Page versus Lance Archer, which you mentioned for the world title. It's only Great third match. world title match since winning the title in the last three months. Right. Um, So that should be good. Uh, MGF promo has been promised, so it'll probably be the follow-up to that. We'll see yep. if he moves on from Punk or tries to move on from Punk or what happens there. Uh, and can then he quit CM Punk? Yeah, can we're, he? We're yet to find yeah. out. Right. Uh, and then uh, the qualifying match that was mentioned on Twitter, Face of the Revolution qualifying match of Isaiah Cassidy versus the free agent Forbidden Door kickdown slam. That's exciting. Previous employer guy. That's exactly. It could be anybody right now. Anybody. Whoever, whoever you want to see signed by AW, it could be them. Yeah. 
It could, it could be whatever you, whatever you can imagine. Close your eyes, make a wish. Totally you could Yano. see that match on Wednesday. It could be Yano. My God. If you want to hear me excited, making no sense, yeah. have it be Toro Yano, his pants filled with electric razors. He can fit 12 to 18 in there. I've seen it happen <laughs> on New Japan. So many electric well, hey, razors. We talked about how uh, Danhausen, now that he's hanging out with best friends, like by extension, he's now a member of Chaos. Yeah. So we could, we could get Toru Yano, uh, Danhausen. Let me tell you, Kevin, right now, can you name two people who could sell more DVDs than those two? I don't think you can. I don't think you could. I don't think it's possible. You, you, you team them up on a PWG show, and it's like the <laughs> ultimate DVD oh my God. Uh, sales thing. I would love to see Toru Yano hawking, hawking those, those DVDs. Yeah. Um, uh, what else? Oh, the uh, Inner Circle team meeting. Uh, yeah, that should be whatever be. is going to happen with Inner Circle there. So it's interesting. They've only announced one match. Yeah, well, two match. Sorry, two one matches. and a, one and a half. We got one and a half matches. Yeah, one and a half matches, and then a bunch of like angles and promos and stuff. But we have more matches than that announced for Rampage, right? Because on Rampage we get Hook, who they're totally it's cracking me up because they're totally pushing him as like a thirst trap now. Yeah, uh, just oh my god, the the the, handsome, the cold-hearted handsome devil. handsome devil. Right, like I was with. I was with QT Marshall, and we've had enough of the cold-hearted, handsome devil. I've had enough of Hook. I've had enough of the term cold-hearted, handsome devil. Yeah. That drives me crazy every single time. But he's taking on Blake Lee, yes. QT Marshall's top student, the number one guy in his dojo. Right. Listen. Which is funny because uh, um, I, I, I think I'll Hook was the number one guy in the Q, dojo. But QT like tweeted something that made me that was a pretty funny joke because he was talking about that being announced. And he was like, all you guys keep talking about Keith Lee. His name is Blake Lee. <laughs> Listen, everybody. I know a lot of you are like, oh, man, I've got to get on Google. and I've got to Google Blake Lee. If you Google Blake Lee, you will get nothing but photos of Blake Lively, who is lovely. But literally <laughs> all you get is Blake Lively. Right. There is like Blake Lee does not exist on the Internet right now. He is. Wow. He maybe he's just been living in QT's dungeon, like a Stu Hart type situation, but more, you know, against his will. I don't know, but we're going to find out. I'm excited about this because I'm assuming this is a guy they don't want to bury. So maybe we'll get a really competitive hook match for the first time ever, which is exciting. It could be someone who hooks actually been training with a lot and yeah, and could do pretty interesting match with. So speaking of Blake Lively, you know what? I'm going to abandon that train of thought before I get too far off road. <laughs> Kevin, tell us about our last match on Rampage this week. Looks like we're finally getting our tag title match. Uh, the Gun Club, the Ass Boys, are finally stepping up to have their moment with Jurassic Express for the tag titles. Good on them for getting the match. I mm-hmm. really hope we see Danhausen. Do you think they're? Do you think they're thinking of that of, of putting this internet thing in? Yeah, because that's been a total thing just between them you know, unofficial. So it'll be interesting to see if they, if they actually bring it in, if it'll like pop out from under the ring, Yeah, you know, uh, and I feel like their rise to, to become a title contender has coincided mm-hmm. with Danhausen bringing them all this attention online mm-hmm. and their dad loving it. So yes. I really hope he pops in in some way in this match. I yeah. really hope so. Me too. So this is going to be a fun week. We've got two title matches. We've got a lot of unknown matches that clearly I think 75% of the matches for this coming week have not been fully announced. The Isaiah Cassidy versus somebody. Um, but 
that's it for this this episode of the boom follow me everywhere at peppermint fatty kevin where can everybody follow you and uh, what is the name of your cat that i'm seeing in the background I, <laughs> at kevin ely that's uh oh that's olivia yeah so okay. she's the one who likes to come do asmr by rubbing her face on the mic so Ooh, maybe that's I, a, I really hope we get that in a yeah. future episode. So, yeah, and everybody come hang out with us in the Fight Game Media uh, group on Facebook. That's a great place to talk about the episodes with us. Also, check out our patron cast that should be dropping um, as soon as this episode drops. And uh, so have a good week, everybody, and we'll see you next Monday. Have a good one.